Hey, this is Heath Patchett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 44. Airbnb Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who are running a business while traveling full-time. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Jordan and Brittany Griggs from The Dapper Drive. Previously, Jordan and Brittany had careers in the finance world, and this year they are taking the ultimate golf road trip where Jordan is playing Golf Digest 100 top golf courses in North America, pretty much my father-in-law's dream and I'm sure a lot of other people who love golf and travel because it just sounds like a really awesome project. <laughs> a few things that we talk about on this episode is how Jordan and Brittany are able to go and play some of the most expensive public golf courses in the country for free by working with sponsors and doing work exchanges with these golf courses. We talk about the struggle of figuring out where to spend your time while growing an online business. Jordan runs the DapperDrive.com, which is a golf and travel and lifestyle blog. And so talking about how do you figure out where to spend your time while you're working to grow a site like this? Do you publish on social media? Uh, should you be spending all your time on Instagram, doing video, whatever? Uh, it's a conversation that anytime I sit down with a, a fellow blogger, podcaster, content creator, they're always trying to figure out how do I spend my time? How do I maximize uh, where I'm putting my effort in order to get the maximum return. So we dive into that towards the end of this episode. And what went into planning this trip to 100 of the top golf courses in America and all the logistics, how they pick their RV, what are the costs, and all of that good stuff. Before we get into today's show, I just want to say thank you to all of you guys who have left a review for the RV Entrepreneur Podcast in iTunes. Thank you guys so much. Time of recording this, we're actually up to 130 reviews in iTunes, which is insane and really awesome. I do hop in iTunes a couple times a week and read all of those reviews. So if you have a quick second this week and you've been enjoying the show, I would love for you to hop in iTunes and leave a review uh, it goes a really long way in helping other people find the show, and it helps it nudge up the rankings in iTunes for more people to find if they're searching for a travel podcast or a business podcast. So it really does make the mark each review that I get. That's why I ask you guys from time to time to jump in there and leave a review if you haven't done it. So for those of you who have, thank you very much. I've read all of them, and I appreciate you guys. All right, let's get into today's show with Jordan and Brittany. Hey, guys. What's up? Thanks for being on the show today. Hi. Hey, Heath. I just want to start off by saying that you guys are pretty much living my father-in-law's dream because he has this ongoing conversation because we do video. And so after we did Hourly America, he basically talked all the time about how he wants to start a Harley Davidson and golf show where he drives around the country in an RV and in, and has a motorcycle with him and eats in all these cool places, these dives and stuff, and then plays golf all the time. And, uh, and he brings us up at least once a month when I talk to him. So you guys are pretty much living his dream. So part of the interview today, I, I reached out to him and said, I'm interviewing you guys. And I asked him to send me some questions that he would have because he's a big golfer. So he's going to be giving us part of the interview today. <laughs> nice. That's all you, babe. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. I think sometimes we definitely have to pinch ourselves, but um, yeah. it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I agree. so you guys hit the road in fall of 2015? Wait. No. Yeah, it was, uh, well, really basically a year ago. It was like Jan 2nd, yeah. 2016, I think is when we officially... We got the launched. RV in fall of 2015 and started the Reno. Okay, gotcha. And then we left in it because that took a while. We left... Um, Reno was like year. cool slang talk for renovation. 
yeah cool person <laughs> talked for an yeah <laughs> so what did what did life look like for you guys before y'all hit the road in Monty the camper so before we actually both had like regular desk jobs at a bank but then I started my photography studio which was not mobile at the time in Charlotte and Jordan worked at the bank but then we both kind of decided like he should pursue his dream of golf so he left and started competing locally in golf tournaments and I started transitioning into more of like how could I make what I do more mobile so we could possibly travel um so yeah so high level I think you'd say you know five years ago we were both working desk jobs where you know we were 60 to 80 hour weeks depending on the week we sort of initially lived in New York City for a couple years out of school and then when we started thinking about the future and maybe wanting to pursue something more entrepreneurial for her and then kind of on the golf side for me, we decided to move to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is close to home for Brittany. Um, cheaper to live. Cheaper to live so we could save more money and store, sort of yeah. put in this plan over really a three-year period before yeah. I eventually left my banking job in May of 2015. Um, so so when, you, it was really... when you guys say banking, I mean, like, were y'all at the corporate bank? Were y'all tellers or like, what were you doing? <laughs> So yeah, we were both. Brit- yeah, Brit- Brittany was in like the corporate banking side. I was on the investment banking side. So that's how we met. Sort of. That's how we met, and um, <laughs> it was really, really great experience coming out of school. Brittany, I don't think you liked it as much as I did. I didn't. There were some pieces I really liked. It some things played really well to my skill set, and others didn't. Like I couldn't go to work in yoga pants and you know work flexible hours. That wasn't really part of the part of the game. So. You know, I liked it. I liked the team environment, but I really, really, really loved photography, and I wanted to see if I could make that work. So I just left. I mean, we were still dating at the time. That you were like, yeah, that's yeah, that sounds great. You should definitely <laughs> that, yeah, that try was, that. That was less of a plan. Um, I think that was more <laughs> yeah. of a leap, and because you know, I still had the stable income, if you will. Yeah. And um, at the time, you know, I kind of figured, oh, I'd sort of do this for a long time, and then you know, seeing the freedom that Brittany had, and seeing how much she loved the quote unquote new life that, that she was kind of making in, in the photography world. It sort of got me thinking, you know, do I really want to sit behind a desk 80 hours a week for the rest of my life? And I personally missed him being around yeah. as much because he would work 12 to 14 hours a day and sometimes on the weekends. And, you know, I, I might wake up and start working at seven or I might wake up, do my thing and then start working at two. And then he might not come home until, I mean, eight, nine, ten, And, you know, I just didn't like that. So we wanted to figure out how could we make it work. So that's what we did. So, so yeah, so we really, you know, the RV lifestyle wasn't really something we had contemplated at the time when I left. We sort of mentioned it in passing, but it was more... No, we didn't mention it in passing. This is exactly how it happened. <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. We were driving down the road. I don't know if you had left yet, but I saw an Airstream, a beautiful Airstream, on the opposite side of the road, and I said, babe, it would be amazing if (laughs) we could just travel. Like, you're going to have to travel for golf, and we could figure out how to make it work. Would you consider living in an RV? And I knew he was going to say no and just totally (laughs) pick that. But he didn't. And so I'm the person that if you don't say no to me, I'm going to run like the wind at it right then to make it happen. So, I mean, it was probably the next day I was on Craigslist. <laughs> okay, what can I find? And like, we realized you call for Airstreams. And then it kind of just started snowballing. Then I had to figure out how to make what I did mobile. 
Um, so I more went more towards like educating creative biz- small businesses online and, and my photography served his business um, like through the visual content. So it was a little bit different. Yeah. But yeah, I was so excited. I'm like, I wanted to live. I wanted to live in a VW bus when I was in high school um, and <laughs> it's, like travel the country. It's, it's always funny. It's always funny to hear like, what is the progression of where you came up? Because <laughs> it's not like I went, it's not like Alyssa and I and probably you guys, you weren't in college just daydreaming about, oh man, you know what success looks like? A trailer. You know, like yeah, I'm going to like buy a trailer and go live in it. And, you know, like this is going to be the... Uh, so it's always funny to hear like what, you know, what kind of transpires. And then in the beginning for most, I think, especially, you know, the younger generation of our viewers, it's like um, when you first think about it, it's like, oh, VW van, ultimate road trip. Or, you know what, even better, I'm going to get a tiny house and just tow it or an airstream yeah. because those are like the cool hip ones, you know, ways to go do it. Um, not necessarily as practical, maybe not the airstream is, but, and I know that's always like the first place photographers go because they're 100% the most photogenic. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. But he couldn't stand up in them, so that was mm. out. That was really limiting for Tall us person problems. Six, yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Me yeah, though, I'm like, I didn't anything. Most we we started looking up. at campers, and um, in hindsight, we probably should have looked closer at fifth wheels. Yeah, but we, we kind of locked didn't. in on the the trailer, and most that we we were looking for something you know ten years or so old, so we could get it pretty cheap and yeah. do a do a renovation. And, Big um, back window. Yeah, a must. Given I was six five, and most of the campers are six three, six four. Mm. I mean, it took us a solid two and a half months. It was brutal to find something. Um, but you know, we found it and yeah. renovated it, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. and Yale's renovation looks awesome. We'll link up to that in the show notes. So during this time, were you guys looking up and researching RV lifestyle type stuff? Were you looking at people who are doing this on the road? Because that was kind of the one of the first. A lot of people that we come across now online, they're like probably doing it a better way than we did, where they're actually researching it and looking things up. We we planned out our trip in all of two months. Literally, RVing was an afterthought after the air mattress in the back of Alyssa's Honda CRV sounded like a bad idea. And then we just bought it in the road and then just didn't do much research at all. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but we're in this phase where you guys actually looking up people who are RVing and kind of saying, oh, okay, it's not crazy. There's other people doing this lifestyle. Yeah, I think that's where I found it because I don't know if Jordan quite was up for it as quick as I was because I was following a lot more people and I was looking up stuff. But I think I do it to the extreme. So a good balance between what you did and what I did was probably better. But there were a couple key people that we really like to follow. Um, And then someone actually introduced us to your group around that time. And so when I got in there, I'm like, oh, people do this. This is totally fine. Like, they're all our age. So I started figuring out, like, what, how do they do it? What do they do on the road? Like, all the different components. Like, how does Wi-Fi work? Or how does water and electricity work? Or how do they travel around? Or where do they stay? Like, all the things that you don't know before you start. Yes. So I was following... I was binging on <laughs> people really and trying to figure out like what, what it looked like just to make sure. Basically I she wanted to make sure information. Yeah. On, hey, this is actually Possible. somewhat normal because you know, when you tell your parents, Hey, I'm going to leave my <laughs> really well-paying job to try to play golf and run a golf website. They're like, what? And yeah. then when you say, Oh, and we're going to buy and renovate an RV and live in it full time. They start to think. A lot of questions. I think he's gone off the deep end. Yeah. But um, then when you start to, you know, I guess there's power in numbers to, to some degree. So when you see that other people are, like you say, successful at yeah. having that lifestyle, it kind of it helps 
alleviate some of those initial fears and make you think, you know what, this isn't that crazy. We can do this. And, you know, maybe we'll even like this more than what most people see as the the normal, you yeah. know, the normal life. So I think we needed social proof to show our other to show our people that yeah, it's going to yeah. be OK. You yeah. don't need to worry. <laughs> and, and what's interesting is once you get over that stigma of it's weird to live in an RV and travel in an RV, you start thinking, oh, this is actually extremely practical because in the early stages of any business or getting anything off the ground, you need low cost of living. So you have that option, that flexibility in the bottom line of your expenses. And also while you're young, you want to be, it's cool to be traveling. You're not locked into any leases. So it's like once you get over that initial stigma, you actually realize, wow, this actually is pretty practical in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and, and it kind of makes sense. I think it came full circle when we were in Arizona. And like I, I was part of a big photography community. And one of the people that I really loved, I met out in Arizona in person. And I went to her house and we started talking. And she said, wait a minute, I read on your blog, like, so you bought your RV or your camper for 8,000 and then you renovated it and put maybe like 2,000. So you're telling me like you technically have a house for like 10 grand. And I said, yeah. And she's like, okay, well our house was $425,000 and you're just parked just a couple miles down the road and you can take (laughs) it anywhere you want. And so she was sitting here thinking, like starting to think maybe we're doing it wrong or maybe we could be doing something different or, you know, why are we tied down to such a big mortgage? And so I thought it was really cool that people started rethinking what maybe they were doing. Not necessarily it was wrong, but maybe there was a different way they could go about life or, you know, even though they had children, like they could travel more or downsize maybe, (laughs) or just, you know, to get people thinking it was really interesting. Yeah, totally. So going back to uh, this time last year when you guys hit the road, Brittany, you had been doing photography since 2012, right? Like full-time? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. so you left your finance job. And then, Jordan, you were still working in finance up until you guys left last year? Um, I I left in May of 2015. Okay. And so we had about seven months where we were living in Charlotte, North Carolina in a a condo. And I was basically practicing, you know, eight, nine hours a day on the golf course and then also writing – and starting our um, the Dapper Drive website, which is basically a golf travel style type blog, and and so really the focus at that point in time was I was going to try to get as good as I could at golf, and we were going to go on the road playing in uh, golf mini tours, which are sort of like minor leagues to the PGA Tour, where you try to just get started in professional golf and and see how far you can get. So that was sort of the what we were doing for that seven month period while we were getting ready to actually go on the road and, and play in the tournaments. And did you play golf in high school, college? I played, I got a little bit of a late start. So, I mean, I started playing when I was like 12 or 13. And, um, and so I didn't, you know, I candidly didn't have a lot of great opportunities to play on college teams that I wanted to play on. And so I ended up going to um, Clemson University and not playing on the collegiate team, but I did play on the club team. And, and then when I graduated, I was sort of make the decision of go to try to play professionally then or go into, you know, what my career path, which was finance. And, you know, I guess I took the safe route. I think anyone that knows sort of really trying to play professionally in any sport, it can be pretty cost intensive. And so at the time, you know, I'm a college student, I have like 600 bucks to my name and each tournament costs anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars. And I said, well, this will get me one golf tournament. And if I don't play well, what am I going to do? Yeah. (laughs) So at the time I sort of took the finance career path and, you know, luckily was fortunate enough to seven years later, come full circle and, and give it a, eventually give it a go. Yeah. 
my favorite story too. The one one of the biggest reasons I really wanted him to be able to pursue what he wanted to, which was golf. That was his passion. Was when he was in high, or college. His first year, he didn't have a car. Uh, I didn't know him in college. He. This is only the stories <laughs> that I heard. He didn't have a car, but he he prioritized golf in school, and that was like it. And he would drive on his bike with his clubs on his back uphill every day to the golf course and play around and practice and then drive all the way back on your bike. Rain, snow, sleet, shine, whatever. Well, it was South Carolina, so it was mostly yeah, sunny. Yeah, mostly but, good. <laughs> but those, ni- those 95 degree humidity days were, yeah. were right. kind of tough bike rides. Brutally back, hot. It was, here. You know, you're, you're 18, 19 years old. So at the time, still, that's like dedication. No and so, and I, w- I've never really loved something that much. I don't think. <laughs> so I, I just thought, well, it, he, he should have the opportunity to pursue that. Um, so that's basically when we started having the conversations yeah. that you need to do this because one day we'll hopefully have kids and a family. And if we're going to take risks like this, let's do it before all that stuff happens. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like basically do it or don't right. <laughs> I'll push him to a corner. I was like, you want to do it or not? That is awesome. And he said, yeah. <laughs> that I mean, there like, I assume with golf, it's kind of like a lot of other pro sports in that there's a few elite, you know, at kind of near the top who make a lot of money, but then yeah. there's a lot of people at the bottom just kind of working for scraps. And it's like what you're getting yeah. to do, you know, be amazing if you turn pro and you go and do a bunch of PGA awesome tours, but e- even if you didn't, you know, even if you didn't, you guys are still getting to travel around the country full time and do yeah. something that you love doing, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, like I said, it was a really long sort of arduous process for me to mentally get to the point of actually leaving a steady income to do something so risky. But I, you know, I kind of had a few mentors in, in the, in my old life, so to speak, in the, in the banking world. And you know, when I brought the idea up to one of my mentors over a coffee, I mean, he he basically looked at me and said, why haven't you done this already? Meaning, why haven't you left to try this already? And so that kind of spoke volumes to me of, you know, if you have a plan and you believe in yourself and you want something, you you should do it. Because even if it doesn't turn out exactly how you hope, you know, for me, when I left, it was I want to be a PGA Tour player, right? Even if it doesn't turn out to be that, the experience you're going to have, ultimately where you land is is going to be far greater than if you stay doing something you're just okay with. And so really, as I found out, you know, playing all last year, you know, really focused on playing for the first six, seven months of the year, you know, it's tough out there. It's, it's really competitive. Like you say, most people don't, you know, most people obviously don't get to the PGA tour. And even if you're playing professionally at the, the minor leagues, you know, it's really tough to make it because the money's not very good and you're, you're really just breaking even, even if you're playing well. And so for us, we kind of reevaluated at the in the fall, and we sort of shifted focus from me playing tons of tournaments to trying to grow the Dapper Drive brand, and that's sort of how we came up with our our trip for this coming year. I mean, I don't know if we want to get into that right now, but yeah, I want to get into it in a second. I'll kind of tease it before uh, we before <laughs> this because I want to end on that. But going to just around some of the logistics from when you guys first got started. I'm assuming you were working on the Dapper Drive last year before you guys hit the road. So that was up and running. Was that bringing in any revenue at that point or not Not yet? No, at that point, uh, no. Okay. We had we kind of thought about advertisements, but you know, my we really wanted to grow the brand authentically, try to get a, you know, a core following of golf enthusiasts before we started 
doing anything to try to make money. So at the time, no, we weren't making any money off that. And yeah. we didn't really know how to mo- – like, I didn't understand how to monetize a blog yeah. like that because I had made money online different ways. So his business was very different. Yeah for me so and it's still things that we're learning a lot about yeah totally so you guys i'm assuming had uh, like a decent amount of savings from working in a job for a long time and then Brittany, you had transitioned from photography because you needed to have a more remote business so you started doing you started going back to your finance degree and helping small business and creative entrepreneurs you know deal with the messy side the the number side of the business and make sure that they were checking the right metrics and things like that is that kind of right yeah you yeah, can probably yeah. give a better explanation to that. Yeah, okay. no, that's that's actually really that's a great explanation. But I and I still I thought maybe on the road too I would maybe do some photography, but then I kind of wrapped my head around like it was already so hard and like time intensive to market myself in one city to build like a photography business. So to try to do that in multiple cities moving all the time, that was kind of a lot. But I left it like open ended. Sure, I could yeah. do some photography sessions. Um and I did a couple on the road. But then I'm more mostly focused on coaching, like online, we would do things like this on Skype, coaching them through different financial issues, the basics pretty much on really small shops. So it's usually one or two people in the business all creatives. And then I have a course and an Excel tool that I walk people through so they can manage things themselves. So that was originally like what we thought our revenue stream would be to, um, to keep us afloat. And like, it went okay. I learned a lot over the course of the year, but then his, his business kind of started to turn into different things. And we started creating revenue from that a little bit. And, but now this year it's totally different, I think from what we had started. Yeah. So, so were you actually, when you guys left, were you actually making, and you don't have to get into specifics if you don't want to, but were you making a full-time income from the coaching business at that time? No, no, it was very, it was, it was new. Yeah. It was brand new. Yeah. I started it pretty much like the idea had started in 2015 and then I really started like creating the brand and like what all the content was going to look like and what the revenue streams would look like in 2016 when we were on the road. Um, and so it picked up and it helped supplement some of the thing, some of our business, but it didn't go nearly as fast as I thought it would, such as life and yeah. life on the road. But I think maybe what you're getting at is how were you making money when we yeah. first left? And well, yeah. Or, or if you were just using savings. Yeah. So a it was, lot, I yeah. mean, we, we'd saved a, a good bit and you know, leading up to me leaving my job, we really, we were pretty smart about our money, but like we ate out a ton. And we, before, I mean, I looked at how road. much we were spending just, you know, grabbing Chipotle, which I love still and I still go to, <laughs> but we, we kind of ratcheted from a couple times a week going out to eat to maybe once, once a month. Every, yeah, once a month. And yeah. I mean, you save a ton of money just doing that. Yeah. But totally. so savings a little bit from Brittany's business. And then we do, we did own our condo. So we were able to rent that out and actually make, a pretty good amount of money from that. And so between between all those, we were able to, and, and like you say, it's cheaper living on the road really than than living in one place. So um, And you can adjust. I mean, you know, like you could either decide that you were going to stay in a nicer RV park or not or boondock or like there's all kinds of it. So we really just try to get a handle on our budget and know that like if the next couple of months were not that great uh, with income that we'd still be okay. Yeah. And but I liked having the flexibility of knowing that, OK, even if it doesn't look like that, there's still so many different ways that we could make money or change things around. It was just flexible and it was ours and we could figure it out. But having the safety net of our savings, especially for the first year was 
was, it was big for us. Yeah, yeah, it was really big for us. Totally. And my, I mean, micro streams of income are so helpful because you kind of just look at when we first started, it was like, okay, if we can just cover our phone bill this month, that'll be awesome. And then you kind of just scale up from there. And, and it's kind of, me- for us, it's kind of messy. I don't know about for you guys, maybe more straightforward, but it's like we looked at all the types of income that we've had over the past year. And it's probably why I confuse my mom so much when I try to explain to her what I do for a living. But it's like, you know, I made some I made some from speaking last year. I made some from uh, affiliate sales. I made, you know, most of it from client, you know, like whatever. And so yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, it's all a process of kind of figuring it out. So, um, yeah, I want to dive into some of uh, my father-in-law's questions specifically uh, because he asked, <laughs> he asked some okay. good golf specific okay. questions. Be some of your questions. Yeah. So uh, before we dive into those, can you guys tell me exactly what you guys are doing in the next year? Yeah, sure. So, you know, like I said, uh, I spent most of last year playing golf, professional tournaments, but that wasn't going as well as we had probably hoped. And so we sort of started brainstorming, you know, what could we do that, you know, what do we love? We love to travel and I love playing golf. Brittany likes taking, she likes photography. So how could we sort of marry all those together and do something that would be really cool and we could, you know, potentially turn it into a, a really good story and make a business out of it. And, um, so through the Dapper Drive website, we basically came up with something we're calling the ultimate golf road trip, where we are going to travel to each of golf digest ranked, basically top 100 public courses throughout the U S. And so if you, (laughs) if you, if you know golf, you know, golf digest is sort of the premier outlet who ranks courses. And, you know, if you look at the top 100, you know, it, I have the map on my website, which is interactive, but it's basically courses in, I think it's 31 different states, but you're really hitting all four. I mean, you're going Florida to Maine to Washington, California, all the way out to Hawaii, which if we do get that far, which hopefully we do, we <laughs> will have to actually utilize air travel. Yeah. <laughs> and you and and you will have uh, a lot of people who think they're hilarious asking you how you get your RV to Hawaii, and the joke will We've already got yeah. it, it'll get old that. after like ten yeah. seconds. So. Oh my gosh. Um, but really, you know, the the purpose of it is to sort of discover America through the best courses accessible to everyone. Um, so, you know, if you're in the golf world, you know there are tons of really great private courses that are sort of very exclusive, and the only way you're going to get on them is if you know someone. But what I think a lot of people discount is how many amazing golf courses there are that are actually public that anyone can anyone can play on. You know, anyone can book a tee time there. And so we're really looking forward to just sharing the the entire experience. So it's gonna you know it's gonna focus on golf, but it'll go beyond that. You know, the tales, the stories, the life on the road. Um, <laughs> you know, discovering different whether it's a brewery or a local restaurant or you know, meeting someone who's been in that town for 40 years playing that golf course. It's really just sort of going to be, you know, a myriad of different tales from this year long journey that'll take us, you know, 20 some thousand odd miles across the U.S. So it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about this offline or off the podcast. Uh, and I know that you guys have kind of been working a lot just on the logistics of planning a trip like this. Which one of you guys are the trip planner, by the way? More. It, more it's me by, by default, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm notoriously bad at personal tasks. So anything that like something as simple as scheduling, scheduling a dentist appointment, I will put it off for like two months just because I, 
I'm yeah. like, I don't want to waste those do four minutes calling and scheduling. <laughs> you know, it's going to ruin my day. Um, so Brittany handles a lot of that stuff. So I think because of that, I'll do a lot of the planning about where we're going, where we're staying, and, and things well, you've, like that. You've mapped up the whole trip. But yeah, for, for this, the whole year, for this like, trip. It's, yeah, and it, making sure he gets on the courses. I'm more thinking like, okay, where are we going to stay? Where are we going to fill up? Because we're going to boondock more, like making sure, you know, all those smaller details. So he's like big picture and some small details, and I'm trying to cover yeah, all the other stuff. that's a good way to put it. But I wouldn't have small tasks if he didn't plan all the other like big stuff. So, But it, this, this trip's very weather dependent too because <laughs> yeah. we're, we're attempting to play all 100 in 2017. So we start – we're leaving tomorrow from Charlotte. We're kicking off our first round in Florida on Monday. And then, you know, the intent is by December 31st, you know, we'll be knocking in the last putt, hopefully standing in Maui. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's I think I think the cool part of it is just going to be the story of if we can get there and how we can get there, because like anyone who full time travel knows there are things that happen that you're or out of your control, like breaking down or, totally. you know things that'll put you stuck in Yosemite for a week like we had oh. last year, for instance, you know, like yeah. things like that. So um, I, I would say one, it's, it's kind of fun because uh, we, I recently got to hang out with, uh, well, I'd interviewed them on the podcast, but then we hung out in Austin a couple weeks ago, Casey Madison from ourv.com. They're doing all the national parks right now. And I mean, we did a lot, we did all the, we did hourly job in each. So it's like, there's different, you know, little, there's projects that people have done while they're traveling around the country. And we all seem to want to do them in a year. And uh, they, they were kind of going through this process where they weren't, they didn't get to all the parks this year. They have like a few that they're going to have to hit up next year. And they were really stressing out about it. And we did the same thing. We finished uh, hourly America in 53 weeks. And so I feel like I never tell people that we did it in a year because I'm, I'm like, we did it in 13 months, but it was pretty much a year. Uh, and so there's all this pressure, at, you know, to get it done in that <laughs> timeline. So if I could impart this on you guys, nobody cares if you don't <laughs> get it done in 12, you know, like so if it's 13 days. months, <laughs> nobody trying. will care. Like, uh, don't kill yourself if you guys are looking at the schedule and, you know, by the end of our trip, I got sick because I think it was just pure exhaustion. Uh, because we've been going two to three states a week, you know, two to three days of work. I'm finding new jobs. And uh, then we rushed down to Florida to go to Disney World with my parents for Thanksgiving, which is awesome. But then after that week, I just laid up in a bed for three days because I think it was just pure exhaustion. So if I could give you any wisdom from our trip, it's if, if y'all are like crazy, like sick or, you know, like need to rest or something and, and you're trying to get it done to don't do it. Like no one, even if you have sponsors, you know, no one's going to care if it, you took a little bit longer, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, uh, that's a, I think that's great advice. And <laughs> yeah. the, the more, I worry about that, you actually. know, we announced the trip maybe five or six weeks ago. And since then, I think a cool part about what well, probably traveled, I mean, any community. So, you know, the RV world, especially the golf world as well is, when people hear something cool, a lot of times they'll reach out to you and say, Hey, if you come through my city, come play our course. So we've already gotten a lot of offers to play some pretty cool places that we'll, you know, also be writing about because it's all about the journey. But it's sort of like, that was my concern. It's like, do we say no to all these people and just to get it done in a year? Or do we say, you know what, if we spend another three weeks in Texas, for instance, instead of one week, and get to play four or five amazing other courses that I think will add value to readers. That's probably more beneficial than saying, Hey, we finished this in 52 weeks, but 
We're still going to try to do both. <laughs> yeah. If I get through your project, I don't know. But um, but that's I think that's good advice, Eve. Yeah. Because I, I think I'm already stressing about the fact that we come across these gorgeous places and we're only supposed to be there for a day or two. And then I get totally depressed because we have to leave. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe if we stay a couple more days or there's already been people who are like, oh, I'd love to show you like my favorite coffee shop. It's a local spot in, you know, Kalamazoo. And I'd love that kind of stuff. So it might be, yeah, we might. We might have I mean, on on that note, when we did our first year of traveling for Hourly America, it was kind of the same thing. Like, we didn't get to go in depth because we, I mean, we spent a few days in some of our really favorite national parks, but you can't really explore any of the national parks and if, unless you're in Hot Springs National Park because it's really, you only need a day there. Anyway, side note. Uh, <laughs> but, like, we've went back to all those places that we really liked. And the whole point of this lifestyle is the fact that you have the flexibility to go back so I wouldn't I wouldn't even stress about that because I mean as long as you guys are traveling you can still make time to go back and we did I was worried about saying like we just skimmed through and are we really going to go back we have so I don't know you have yeah. that too <laughs> yeah I've even said you know I know this year is going to be crazy so maybe next year is the year of like leisurely travel where we're like oh I'd it's love it's so to elusive <laughs> yeah yeah I'm not, I'm not wired. I'm not, I don't think I'm wired that way yeah it's, yeah. it's a tough balance it's so know. is and I. I was look. I was looking forward to that last year uh, because we had done Hourly America and then like we finished it and all that good stuff. And last year was the first time we were traveling where we didn't have really an itinerary. We had nobody telling us where we needed to go, and that yeah. to me was the elusive style of travel that I really, really wanted. But then we still end up rushing a lot, and I don't know. So we yeah. still haven't got <laughs> like we still like in my mind, even a week or two has become too short of a time in places where I'm at the point where this summer. We want to do the Northeast and fall, fall in the Northeast again because it was amazing. And so I'm at the point where I'm like, I want to spend a month. I want to spend a month on the beach in Florida. I want to spend a month on the beach in Vermont, <laughs> picking mm-hmm. apples, yeah. drinking hard cider, whatever. Um, so anyway, getting into my father-in-law's questions, Kelly is his name. Uh, he he kind of had a bullet list of questions. How How is he paying for that? How are you paying for this? Uh, good question. Yeah, that's a good question. So initially we're self-funded. Working along we, the way. We have been, yeah, so we have been, we'll, we'll be doing some like writing for different outlets that pay, sort of like guest blogging, I guess you'd call it, so sort of pay for services. Do y'all have some of those um, lined up already? Yeah, we're, so. I'm, I'm in a lot of different conversations. Um, we're just trying to, I guess, figure out what which makes the most sense, and what I really want to do is make sure that first and foremost, we're, you know, we're serving our readership, and we're being as authentic as we can. And not spe- overextending ourselves. Right, because this is so new, you know, everyone sort of has their own goals and reasons for wanting you to, to do work for them. And I just want to make sure that what we're setting out to do, we're actually able to do it before we sort of commit to different partnerships. So so initially, I think we're just going to sort of be doing it on our own. And, you know, we've made some really good contacts at different outlets and different brands and over the course of time, we're definitely planning on sort of picking up some sponsorships or contributorships. But initially, we're we're sort we've sort of said let's just let's do this. Let's get a lay of the land. You know, see how see how much content we can put out on our own through our own Dapper Drive outlet, and then sort of go from there. And then my business still simply your creatives is the one that helps creative small businesses with their finances. I'm doing that so. As money comes in, that's what we use too. Plus, we still have our income from the condo. Yeah. So all of those will be to go fund it. Plus, I think this year's going to be, at least I think, I'm assuming, cheaper to live than last year because we're boondocking way more. Mm. So we're not staying 
we don't plan on staying in nearly as many campgrounds yeah. because we're really self-contained with um, this unit. Whereas like last year, the trailer and the truck were a little bit harder. So we think it's going to be cheaper and we think we're going to have more money coming in different ways. Yeah. So that's how we're funding it. But um, a big part of his question might be, you know, those hundred golf courses have yeah. big price tags yeah, for the most part. Say. And so I reach out to all of them directly. So it's it's actually a lot of time and effort. But um, with most of them, we can sort of do some bartering, if you will. So provide them some some high high resolution images for you know a reduced greens fees. And so for the most part, they're all really willing to sort of work with you to to sort of help you out, assuming you're providing something in return. So totally. so you've already started reaching out to some of these guys. Yeah, I mean I've got my all my January rounds lined up. I'm starting on February. So oh, that's awesome. I'm, tr- I'm trying to do it as advanced as possible. One of the other logistical things is some of these have PGA tour events that are there. A lot of them have big corporate outings that'll take up, you know, weeks at a time. So you really have to make sure that you don't show up in Wisconsin and they're like, <laughs> well, that's cool. You're here, but we're booked out for the next mm. three weeks. So yeah. totally, spe- especially the bigger resorts where we're doing some, some pretty far in advance pre planning. Yeah. yeah. Plus, um, I thought this is interesting. Didn't you go through and you added up like what all the regular green fees would be for all 100 courses? Uh, how much was that? It was sort of a weighted average, but I mean, you know, they range anywhere from a hundred bucks in the off season to, you know, 500 bucks for the really well-known ones. So you're looking at a weighted average of probably like 250 bucks around. So you're talking 25 grand if you were to just try to go out and that's show up and play all these. White and budget. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. But you know, that's, that's why for us, we try to create value for them through the promotional totally. aspect, but also through actually giving them something. And so we're able to work with a lot of them to, to sort of reduce that. And you went out, Jordan, recently and got your pilot's license so you could fly a drone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, it's on my LinkedIn profile, you know. <laughs> it's FAA a unmanned <laughs> aircraft pilot. No. Did you put that <laughs> no, I didn't put it on. Okay, but it's, it, was, it was way more in-depth of a test than I expected. Yeah. But, you know, I guess rightfully so, because if you're, if you're up there flying something around 300, 400 feet, you need to, you need to know what you're doing. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah if you want to. You want to fly a drone and make money doing it. Basically, you have to you have to get certified. Have you crashed it yet? Yes. Uh, <laughs> the third flight. We, yeah. I didn't do it. I'm not touching that thing. My advice to anyone who gets a drone is take it slow. Um, so after two first. flights where I took it up high, I was like, "This is boring. Let's let's get interesting here." And pulled it out on a 15 mile an hour wind day and decided to try to thread it between a house and a tree and. We we clipped the tree, so luckily, <laughs> we got luckily insurance I have insurance on it. on it, so it wasn't too big of a deal. We got but, it repaired. Um, had to go to California, but it was a good learning. But yeah, that was before he took the test. Though let's be clear, that was before I took the gotcha. test. Yeah. Okay, uh, going to some of Kelly's uh, more of Kelly's questions. What is Jordan's <laughs> favorite ball? I don't know. Want to know what your favorite ball is? See, the tough part about this is, what if I say a ball and then I I get another <laughs> guy coming to me and say, hey player. Uh, no, I've played the Pro V1, Titleist Pro V1X. I've played for, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say currently that is my probably my favorite golf ball. That's his go-to Christmas present. Yeah. His go-to That's Christmas great. present. Nice, yeah. I haven't found a ball that I like yet because I, I'm still really terrible at golf, so they all just go in the water <laughs> anyway, so I can't get too attached to any golf ball. Yes. Stick uh, with the cheap. If we ever hang out, we need, I need to – maybe you can give me some tips because I go like twice a year, so enough to be dangerous – but not okay. actually not really at all. I still really bad. So I just need I just need some beginner tips. I've never had a lesson and you can tell 
So I, I think the, <laughs> you and I can do that together. Yeah. Get it the too. advice I would give to anyone who's just starting to play golf or just plays like a couple times a year is just don't be slow. As long as you keep pace, like you can play with a really great player and they're not going to care as long as you're not slowing up the round. That's really the most just keep swinging thing. the club. It's good advice. Yeah. Uh, walk or cart. Uh, walk when we can. I want to cart. <laughs> but Brittany is always Brittany's always uh, a proponent um, of the cart. So a lot of times I'll I'll walk and she'll get a cart, and that gives her flexibility to zip up and get cool pictures and such. So so, so yeah. with eighteen holes, I mean that's a lot of time to get photos. So are you taking photos the whole time, or are you like on? Are you doing other stuff too? I usually am. She's usually taking photos. Most of the time, while also checking Instagram. <laughs> hey, uh, I have downtime. No, but that's, <laughs> that's why I like to ride. What, that's probably one of the tougher parts is when we get done with a round, especially on a you know really pretty course. There's like five or six hundred photos that I have to try to pare down yeah. to ten for a blog post. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, she's kind of just you know. There's a lot of chatting. I mean, the cool part about playing different courses all the time is you know, and we roll up with just us. We usually don't know people, and so we're meeting new people, and you know, you're always yeah, kind stories. of learning their story and, and chatting with them. And so, four hours that goes by actually kind of kind of quick, I think. If you, yeah. if we get you guys hooked up with the unlimited Verizon plan, uh, you guys should do some live streaming from these golf courses. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we would love that. I mean, if you could partner up with some cool golf Facebook pages already, I'm sure that'd be pretty sweet. No, I was just saying, I'm going to start taking over because last year I didn't, well, first of all, Instagram stories didn't exist and Facebook Live, I think, was not around yet either. But I'm going to start taking over more of his social media as we go through and do stuff. So while he's doing his thing, like I can capture the behind the scenes. That's how you know you made it, Heath, when you have a social media manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the social media manager. Just hire your wife. So yeah. We can do, like, I already more... do that. So we're good. We <laughs> both made it, Jordan. <laughs> uh Kelly wants to know, are you timing the weather? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Our goal, I don't think, when last year we didn't really have any weather outside of like 65 to 85 degrees until we got, we came back to the southeast in July. And within a month we we said, yeah, we're going to Canada because it was like 98, really humid. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're in the process of putting up a general route on the website, but high level we'll be starting in the southeast uh we'll start in florida head out to texas and then spend the whole spring in the southeast and then the summer we'll move up to the northeast sort of upper midwest bounce around across the country throughout the late summer and then kind of come down the coast in the fall so for the most part it'll be pretty temperate we may get some cooler days in oregon washington you know because we won't be there until sort of late september early october yeah but for the most part i think it should be you know, shorts and a polo or pants and a polo, maybe a, so. <laughs> a light sweater. We we did see we're going down to Florida and we'll be in like Jacksonville to start. And tomorrow is like 50 degrees and we're like, oh man. It's just following us. Like That's the cold so weather. Cold. We left oh, Pennsylvania. It's, it's really not that bad, obviously. Yeah. I know when we did Hourly America, we left in May and we headed west. We did So we did the desert, the west coast. So it was like amazing weather out in California. And then we did, you know, kind of zigzagged and then ended up on the east coast by fall and it was just pretty much 40 to 70 degrees the whole time and it was amazing that's awesome yeah, yeah. that's what we're for good golf weather uh last question from kelly and then i'll take back <laughs> over uh what is his favorite meal when he goes into the clubhouse i would 
I'm pretty much a, a burger and fries guy. I mean, what like, else do you get in the clubhouse? It's all like fried food, chicken since, strips, or burgers, right? Right. Since like I've been ten, I think my go-to meal is a cheeseburger. Yeah. Now I prefer maybe throw a little, you know, applewood smoked bacon and some avocado <laughs> on there. It's gotten you know a little more decadent with yeah, the years yeah. Burger and fries, I would say, is my go-to for sure. Yeah, we'll go to like a seafood restaurant specifically for like great seafood on the coast, and this guy will order a burger. It just depends on the mood. It depends, but he will do that sometimes. And I just look, I'm like, there's all this amazing, <laughs> delicious <laughs> fresh fish, and you it's want like a burger? Lobster Not for forty-five dollars, and I'm like, it's good. Or this awesome burger for twelve, and I'm probably gonna be more satisfied. Burger. So it's a value play. Yeah. You know? So yeah. It, yeah definitely. I've been trying to be better about that. I'm very much a vanilla, plain burger yeah, kind of guy. So I've been trying to be better. If I'm in a themed Chinese food restaurant, I'm not going to order chicken nuggets. You know what I mean? So talking about you guys as a couple, uh, y'all didn't used to work together when y'all worked at the uh, the bank in finance. Yeah. So what is it, what have been some of the learning curves that you guys have had working together in such a small space, being together all the time? I mean- Whenever you guys are posing for photo, not posing, but you know, taking photos and trying to set we that up, <laughs> or you know, making videos together. Uh, I'm assuming you guys like never get into fights or anything like that. I'm asking for, for a friend, of course, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that really helps is Jordan is really patient. I am the opposite. So we try to play the best of our strengths and weaknesses. I would say if we ever get into a tiff or anything, it's probably my fault because I'm You're just... recording this, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got it. I'll send exactly. it to you on Dropbox. Thanks, man. <laughs> it, is, it usually is because I'm just not as patient, whereas he is, and he'll think through, and he's um, slow to speak, where I'm quick to speak. So we just try to, like, that yin and yang thing. Yeah. We do match really well. So it hasn't been nearly as hard transitioning into a smaller workspace together. And for the first year, he would go to the course a lot. And during the day while he was at the course, because I wouldn't photograph those, he was competing or practicing to compete. I would work. Then when he would come home, we would spend like normal time together, like cook or walk Ella or, you know, whatever, um, explore something, go on a hike, whatever that is. This year or to the end of last year and this year is a little different because we do work way closer together. Yeah. So there's been like, you know, so I'll, ch- I'll check back in in like four months and we'll see how it's I mean, going. I think it's, I think it's probably like we have a pretty good personality match, but also it's just understanding what maybe you're better at than the other person yeah. and don't expect them like, kind of divvy up tasks and, you know, make sure you're giving and taking and not just, you know, expecting because, oh, I need to get this blog post done today that they're going to do everything on the personal side. Like you, you need to put in a little help too. They're not going to do all the cooking and cleaning and taking care of the animals. You need to, (laughs) you need to kind of give and take. And so I think we're pretty good about if one of us is feeling like, Hey, you're not pulling your weight. We say so. And then we're like, all right. Yeah, we work through it. He's really good at working through it, but he's the one that Jordan's like very good at cleaning. He's very clean and he cooks, whereas I am not. Messy. I'm no, a little I'm messier and I don't like to cook. So he did a lot of that last year when he was more just competing. But now that he's more on the business side of his blog, we're learning to balance the yeah. two because it's not, it should it's not be. It's all about balance, I think. Yeah. So, you know, we work through it. How about you guys, Heath? Yeah, I was going to say. What about us? <laughs> <laughs> like, do Moving you, on. Do you no. think it transitioning into working in a small space together what what about transitioning like how have we adjusted to it yeah uh well i mean going on three years so during hourly america was kind of a good crash course in in video and stuff because neither of us knew anything about video and so 
I was really, it was really nice. And we balance each other out in a lot of ways too, where Alyssa is very much the planner. She balances the books. Like I, I don't even know how to get into all of our bank accounts. Um, like I know some of the passwords, but she, she really does all of that and like lets me know, okay, this, we did good this month. We didn't or, or whatever. And so that's been super helpful. And I'm very much the high level guy and I'm like, for example, for the past couple of years, I was really putting a lot of time and effort into like the podcast, the blog, building up a lot of the, I guess, passive income and where we're going. And she really stepped up and like did really well with working with all of our clients and making sure we overperformed for them. Uh, she's super organized. She's a stickler. She's really good at keeping them on track to, you know, cause we work, do a lot of video productions for people who are doing courses. And so she was very good. She's been very good at making sure we get repeat clients because we've done such a good job. And so it's allowed me to free up some of my time to focus on more things like the podcast that kind of take more time to generate momentum and eventually build on sponsorships and things like that. Right. So that's been oh, super that's helpful. Awesome. I would say the thing that we're always trying to like today we're out, we're going to shoot a video for the campground that we're at today. Uh, so we're like exploring San Marcos uh, where we're at right now. And we're going to go sh- like, it's our first time to do a video like this for a campground, but we're basically going to go out and do a bunch of fun stuff in the area to promote this campground and say, people should come camp here. And, uh, and so this will be kind of a new thing because we haven't done a lot of scripted out videos with us where we have to, you know, kind of work together. And photography, too, is kind of the same thing. So there's been a little bit of a friction slash learning curve there. And I need to work like work on being more like Jordan and being more patient because I can <laughs> kind of... I'm working on it, too. Yeah, I can kind of be a jerk uh, sometimes when it comes to this stuff. And I just need to be more relaxed and whatever because I don't know what I'm Thank doing you. either. So <laughs> anyway. No, I think that's that's good advice because when you're, you know, when RVing's new and same, we're starting to do more video and we don't really, neither of us knew about editing or compiling and the creative side. But anyway, whenever you're doing something new, human nature, if you get frustrated is sort of to take it out on the person closest to you. And when you're in a 250 or less square foot space, that's usually, (laughs) you know, in this case, your, your wife. And so if you kind of just say, all right, I'm just frustrated right now and, and work through it, then, you know, I think it, I think it, works out for the best in the end yeah, yeah I'm, totally. I'm working on it. and and something that is also cool that happens every now and then was like so we're the past couple of years we spent a lot of time blogging and then last year was podcasting and then the video was all wrapped up in either clients or our documentary and so we haven't spent any time creating any type of youtube presence or anything like that and uh, I was talking to Alyssa last night and I'm like, you know, I'm watching all these videos like from gone with the winds and all these really awesome <laughs> rv video people and I just feel discouraged because I'm like, man, I can't create anything that awesome. And I, it's we've already been doing this three years. What's the point? And, you know, she's like, I feel that way, too, sometimes, you know, when I look at this kind of stuff. So it's it's also good to be able to ha- have that person on your team. that's like, you know, what? I'm scared, too, but we're going to we're going to yeah. try this together and it'll be cool. Yeah. And yeah. It sucks. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> but the thing is, too, is like, you know, we look at you guys and you're like, okay, we might know how to do some things, but then other things you guys are I'm like, I don't know how to put a freaking podcast together. And I don't know how to do all these different things. Like, and then we're like, what's the point of that too? So yeah. It's, just it's like, the grass is greener. Everything. You know what I mean? So yeah. looking, looking uh, at all of y'all stuff. So y'all have um, several different websites. We'll, we'll talk about those in a minute. We'll link up to those in the show notes, but I've, what I was really impressed by just redigging into all of y'all, all of y'all's projects, whether it's uh, simply for creatives, uh-huh. And the Dapper Drive and everything else is that you guys have an awesome amount of just 
professionalism in everything you do. Like, obviously the photos are amazing, but the design is great. The design, even, you know, you guys, I'm sure there's a lot of intentionality that went into the design, even just for the RV. And no offense, Jordan, I'm assuming it wasn't you who kind of was the uh, mastermind behind all of that. Um, <laughs> wait, I could have, that was pretty sexist. Was I wrong? No, <laughs> okay. no you're right. <laughs> My silence speaks volumes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Brittany, where did you learn design and why is design so important when it comes to having a blog, website, or anything else? So I was so I don't actually do a lot of the graphic stuff. Um my best friend that I grew up with, she uh is a graphic design major and so that's her specialty. So she actually designed all of our brands for us. So she she's taught me a lot. So she laid the foundation and said, you know, these are all the things that you need to know and why it matters. Because at first I'm like who gives a crap? I'm just going to, you know, put something up and it'll work great. And so she educated me, like schooled me on it four years ago when I started my photography business. And so it kind of stuck from there. And I've, she did, um, she's laid the foundation graphically for us. And then I've learned a lot of web stuff. I mean, let's be clear. I don't know how to code and all that, but I've, I've gotten some easy tools to use that I try to make it really simple and not overcomplicate it. Like Canva um, is great. You guys use yeah, Canva. Canva's- and then there's a WordPress plugin called um, Beaver Builder that makes everything so much easier on WordPress. I actually just learned about this one maybe a month ago, and it's made everything like a million times easier. And then I also I'll use somebody who will do like special coding for me here and there if I need something. But it's just something that she ingrained in me four years ago, and it's helped really amp up how bigger brands take us seriously. So even though we might not have a big following either on Instagram or maybe our stats aren't as high as we want them to be yet, I feel like they take us more seriously. She kind of ingrained that into me four years ago. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to what you say. And it has paid off because people have taken notice, um, even if maybe our stats weren't as high as we wanted them to be when we reached out to bigger brands and stuff like that. So that's why I try to make sure that Everything looks pretty good, but I've also tried to let go of my perfectionism because there would be some days where literally I'd spend five days on like one little thing, mm-hmm. and that's such a way. Yeah, totally. No, that's a, I think that's a good point. By the way, does your friend still do that? Because I really need to hire someone to help us out, figure our brand out, because we've got all these different things with our summit and our website and the podcast, and there's no cohesive branding. We have not spent any time. I want to, I don't want to say enough cause that'd be a lie. We haven't really spent hardly any time working on that branding. Um, yeah. and we have a little bit, but we're just not good at it. So maybe, maybe you can hook me up with her and oh, I yeah. could talk because okay. we really need some help. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's been like so many different people that have played a big part in that. And obviously I've done some of the things because I, you know, proficient in Photoshop and all that good stuff from photography, but oh yeah, I definitely got a lot of things that I can share. Yeah. Uh, so how do you guys actually work on divvying up your time? Because I think we've had this talk before where it's kind of intimidating sometimes when you look at all the places you could be spending your time to grow the Dapper Drive and simply for creatives because you've got Instagram, you've got Pinterest, you've got Facebook, um, a bajillion other sites. You know, you've got video content, you've got blog content, you've got clients that you guys are technically going to be working for or sponsors, whoever. And then you've got sales outreach when you're trying to get discounts at camp. Like I want to say campgrounds, we're doing sales for campground booking for, for uh, golf courses. <laughs> so you've got all these different places that you're spending your time. How do you guys figure out where you can be most effective? It's hard. Yeah, It's, a, it's, a... it's hard. It's a learning. It's a learning curve. I think I, for me after last year, I really want to, I've been trying to, 
cut all the fat, basically. Anything that isn't completely necessary and doesn't serve our brand or serve our clients or like try to help bring in more income, then I'm trying to just not do it. Or like, okay, for instance, um, we're launching a finance academy with two other people. I am for Simply Creatives. And at first I was like, oh yeah, I can build a website. I can do the workbook, like design the workbook. I can do all these different things. And then it just felt like too much because there's two other people. So we decided let's just outsource to people that are experts in these areas. Um, you know, we budgeted and figure out how much that would be. And we're letting other people do some of that stuff. Like I don't really have any business designing a workbook. It's just, it might take me four hours. It might take them 30 minutes. So, and that's just like a page. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't need to be doing that kind of stuff. And then I would also waste my time in areas that wouldn't matter. Like, not in Facebook groups serving others, but just browsing through and seeing what everybody from high school was doing or Instagramming when it I was Instagramming with any kind of purpose. I was just scrolling to pass time. So, like, cutting the fat and then trying to work together and create systems. I, he, it drives him crazy. I'm like, do you have a workflow for that? He's like, stop talking about <laughs> workflows. Yeah. So, we use Asana a lot. Or oh, yeah. I love they all assign each other tasks in Asana. Yes. Yeah, we do yeah, that too. Jordan do. doesn't like it. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I think yeah, a big part whether it's in Asana or just for me on a sticky note. Uh, yeah. Now putting Lots. just really listing everything that you know you need to accomplish over a long period of time, yeah. over the next month, and then near term like this week. Um, for me, a, a biggest a big challenge was, you know, part of the brand and part of what I was doing is playing golf and golf just takes a lot of time. Even if you just go to the course and play one round, you're gone for probably six hours total. So, Mm -hmm. um, so the last, you know, three months it's been trying to balance how much I play with how much time I spend on producing content that goes on the website right now. And also planning this epic 2017 trip where there's so many moving pieces where you're not really, producing anything today, but it's imperative to get it done to make sure 2017 is much easier. So, you know, in the year ahead, I think it'll be, obviously we're going to be playing a lot, but you know, we've sort of talked about how we'll go about our days of play the golf, come back, try to try to get all the the near-term tasks done right after the round. And then that way we can actually spend some time exploring and together without our laptop, creating some, and through that though, creating cool content that's sort of more the lifestyle part of the brand. But I think it's really just for us getting it all down on lists or whatever, you know, whatever it is you need to get it down on and and just prioritize. Yeah, Uh, it's a work in progress. I don't think, I mean, anybody that says they've mastered it, like I want to sit down and talk to them because I do, we struggle with that. And I feel like I have like traveler's guilt sometimes where we're in this amazing place, but we have like a certain, you know, we need to go play this golf course. We need to create blah, blah, blah for content and we need to do an X, Y, Z. And then we leave and then I'm thinking, well, what about that beautiful you know, state park that we didn't visit or that beautiful waterfall or that hike that I really wanted to take Ella on? And so this year, like you said, I'm, we hope to not get so wrapped up and we have to finish the 100 that we miss out on like the real experiences because we do want to deliver really great content. But at the same time, we do want to experience it for ourselves. And, you know, we have a cat and a dog on the road. Okay, the cat doesn't go on hikes and stuff. But... <laughs> 
we, although he probably would, but our dog and like exercise her and experience things together and not always have our face and our laptop and our phone right. yeah. is, um, is going to be a priority. So he, he, I think, we'll I think you've talked about this before. A lot of times you go to bed, you'll keep, stay up late and wake mm. up early and you are excited about what mm. you're doing. And so you, you want to do that. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you just need to take a step back yeah. and say, all right, let's take a break and, yeah. and spend yeah. some us time and not just spend all of our time focused on driving this business because, you know, you need to strike a balance throughout life. Um, yeah. But it's, it's good to it's excited about what you're doing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me this year, I'm trying to do something similar where it's like in the past, looking at what I'm trying to accomplish over the week or the day, I found that whenever I get done with that, I'll still just keep working um, yeah. instead yeah, of yeah. just giving myself permission to take time off. And that's something I've struggled with for a long time now. But um, it's, and it's almost I'm not it's not a bragging thing. It's just being almost in thoughtful or unthoughtful, whatever. I don't know if that's a word. Um, <laughs> we're just trying to, you know, spend too much time. And like when we go on walks and stuff in the campground or go for hikes and I'm still talking about work yes. and I know it annoys Alyssa and I'm just trying, you know, maybe this year, not maybe I'm going to this year, try to spend more quality time with her because like, what's the point if I'm, you know, advocating for this, you know, cool lifestyle, but not actually living it myself and I'm spending yeah. all time working. So we felt like that too before. Yeah. So a couple more just rapid fire questions uh, yeah. is what kind of RV did you guys choose to buy and why did you all leave your travel trailer? Uh, we sure we we chose a Winnebago view. Um, so it's a 2012 Winnebago view and 24J. 24J. So it's yeah. I mean, we don't need to get into details, but there's a bed, <laughs> a bed in the back and a dinette that folds down into yeah. like a couch. And the reason we went with that is because our intent this year is to dry camp or boondock a lot more. Um, last year, we would go to a place, spend a month, two months there, stay at a campground. This year, 100 courses, 365 days in theory. And so we're going to be constantly on the move. And so we wanted something where we could pull into a golf course parking lot the night before, potentially, if they allow it, spend the night there, wake up, play the round, and then maybe drive to the beach and spend the next day there or you know, Walmart parking lot or wherever it may be, vineyards, farms. So we really wanted something where we could kind of sprint around, jaunt around. And um, I think that the 24-foot RV makes perfect sense for that. Um, and I can drive it because yeah. last year I didn't drive the trailer, their truck and their trailer at all. Um, well, I practiced like the first day and um, Jordan just decided that he would probably be better at driving the truck and the trailer. <laughs> so he drove it the whole year. and But now I can drive the RV and, you know, we can sit back here and one of us can work while the other one drives. So if we have a long drive, like I can still knock out six hours of work while he's driving. So when we get there, he wants to do some work and then I can actually do life things like cook. God yeah. forbid. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we just it would be easier for us to get around. So we're using the uh, the RV this year for our car and our house. So we are not pulling at all. Gotcha. Any favorite travel apps that you guys have used on the road in the past year? Just apps in general that you all use while traveling? Um, last year we used Allstays a lot and there's one, um, Trover, I think it's Trover where you can find, um, really cool travel images. Like you can pick where you are and then it'll show all these different travel images. So you can kind of like plan out something really pretty to go see. Oh, I awesome. love that one. We used it in Arizona a couple of times. Trover. Google, Although, map. Google maps. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, we use Google Maps a lot. What else? I think that's everything. Yeah, I think Allstate is like our go-to because yeah, to find all of our like where we were gonna stay. What was y'all's uh, favorite destination from the last year on the road? Okay, so I <laughs> I loved San Diego mostly because well, San Diego is awesome, but they have a really incredible dog beach, and that was the first time Ella, um, our dog, saw the ocean. And she loved it so much. I smiled so hard <laughs> that I couldn't feel my face. And I, I cried a couple times. Like, <laughs> it was just, and it's just beautiful there. I love, so I love San Diego. Yeah. In the U.S., mine was uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Oh, oh yeah. man, sort I love of, Jackson Hole. Yeah, it was a pit stop and it sort of blew us away. And we're definitely wanting to spend more time there this year. And then in Canada, oh, um, Cape Breton Island, which mm. is uh, Nova Scotia. Um oh, so there's a golf resort called Cabot out there, which is pretty new, and it's just it's amazing. It's like being in being in Ireland, but not leaving North America. So yeah, it's, it was if you guys go to the Northeast, mm. it's it's honestly worth planning. You know, a couple weeks out there, it's it's really cool. Canada awesome. in the fall was awesome. Oh, I bet. Uh, have you guys done Banff yet in Canada? Because no. it has some amazing golf courses in, yeah, in Banff. Yeah. No, Maybe we, this year. We were going to head up there in the summer last year, and we ended up deciding to come back east for. Uh, to work on the game a little more, but yeah. it's uh, that will probably have to be a 2018 thing. <laughs> but yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. awesome. Last question for you guys: What does uh, success look like for you guys in this lifestyle? As y'all are RVing, uh, building up the Dapper Drive, and running y'all's business from the road. For me, it's exactly what we're doing, but increasing our income to the point where we could replace like what we used to make. Um, actually, I wouldn't even need that to live, but to be able to have more of a steady income and keep doing this lifestyle because uh, we're really obsessed with it. We've contemplating like, what would it look like to have a family on the road? We're not there yet. Let's be clear. <laughs> um, but because people keep asking us like, when are we going to come home and have kids and go back to the bank? We yeah, are have, to... yeah. yeah. They said, we're going to come home, have kids and start working at the bank again. And it really takes me like off guard because like, I never think like that. We, we just assume that we're going to keep doing what we're doing and it is going to grow and evolve to fit our lifestyle better every single day. And we've met plenty of families on the road that do this. Obviously we follow a ton on Instagram and we don't think that it has to look a certain way. So we success to me looks like being able to create what we want, um, our life to look like on a daily basis and being able to create that steady income. And I think this year is going to be like huge as when, you know, as we're to make the turnover. Yeah. To make that. Yeah. I I mean, I think for me, it's, um, it's, um, so I've kind of learned in my, you know, 30 years on this planet that time is sort of the most valuable resource behind health. Um, so being healthy, having the freedom to sort of pursue the lifestyle that we want, which right now is, is this, you know, RVing lifestyle. Yeah. And then it's really to just inspire others to pursue their passions. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times people go to get a good degree, get a job, have a family, buy a house, etc. That's awesome. If that's what you want, go do that. But you don't have to, you don't have to fit into any, you know, square or round hole, right? Um, so, you know, find your passion, figure out a way to maybe take a little smart risks to, to pursue that. And, you know, you never know what's going to be out there. I think, I don't think there really is any failure if you're pursuing your passion because whatever ends up happening, um, that's, that's probably what you were meant to do. Yeah. Uh, because you know, it's probably going to be something that you really enjoy and you know, what, what's 
say like if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life but like that's sort of the <laughs> that's sort of the cheesy tagline that got me across the line to actually you know leave something that I like to really pursue something that I love yeah so I love that and and just practically on that note like you left you guys left jobs in finance to go pursue this trip coordinate a cross-country trip learn how to work together uh building up a remote online business and blog and all these skills that you're accruing over this next year so it's like like you said um following that passion that kind of vision for what you guys want to do it's like even if it didn't work out, like you're going to have so many more skills that you could take back to any job if it, right. you know, but I really think what you guys are doing is, is going to work out. And I think it's going to be awesome and big. And, uh, I mean the Dapper Drive, I think, I, th- I think you guys are going to do really awesome in this next year and, and with what y'all are doing. So uh, it's going to be cool to watch. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. It works. Yeah. It works. Thanks. Well, where can people uh, follow along? Uh, they can follow our journey at the Dapper Drive.com. Um, or on and on Instagram uh, at the Dapper Drive. Yeah, of, all of your handles are at the Dapper and you, Drive. Yeah, all of our handles YouTube pr- are primarily YouTube and Instagram, though. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. We'll have to check in uh, in a few months down the road. Maybe have you guys back on something. Cool. Yeah, we might have Sounds some great. exciting things to share. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. See you. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to grab the show notes from this episode, head on over to heathandalyssa.com forward slash episode 44. If you're out running a business on the road or you're doing a cool project while you're traveling an RV, reach out and let me know because each week I'm going to be highlighting different stories from you guys at the end of each episode. Or you just have a question you want answered or a topic you'd like me to have on the show. Reach out and let me know. Heath at campgroundbooking.com. Thank you guys again for tuning in and I'll see you all next week on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.